You're listening to Design Atlas Season 2. For many designers, the pandemic has taught us far too many lessons. Lessons about who we are, what we're good at, and yes, even the things we need to work on. While it's easy to focus on simply the negative aspects of our lives during such extreme and challenging times, our interview today will show you that even while things still aren't how they used to be before the pandemic, we can remain positive, upbeat, and persevere to get us through anything that comes our way. In today's episode, we meet Josie Young, freelance visual and graphic designer based in Sydney, Australia. Upon graduating, she worked the past five years at an agency called Christopher Doyle & Co., which was founded by designer Christopher Doyle himself. Josie has been featured on numerous podcasts, presented a variety of talks around the topics of inclusion and equality at the Design Conference, Adobe Symposium, and Sydney Design Festival. She's also worked on award-winning projects for the Australian Design Radio, Spotify, and Bell Shakespeare. As an active member of the Australian Graphic Design Association, she has most recently participated on the Junior Council of the organization. Without further ado, let's grab that cup of coffee, fasten your seatbelt, and let's navigate our design atlas to Josie's apartment in Sydney, Australia. I feel like not doing design, like legitimately taking proper breaks and doing anything but inspires me. I'm Josie and I'm an independent designer living in Sydney, Australia. I live on Gadigal country, which is the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I'd like to acknowledge that I live and work on stolen land. This land always has been and always will be Aboriginal land. Throughout my career so far, I've worked with a bunch of great people like the team at Christopher Doyle & Co and Ketchup Partners. In my free time, I like to garden, rearrange my books and overthink. Even though Josie may not have had the urban city life with the hustle and bustle of an aspiring designer during her childhood, she certainly was creative at heart. I definitely was always a creative kid, and I think a lot of designers say this, and that was definitely encouraged in me throughout my whole childhood. I grew up in a little country town, so throughout school, access to design classes wasn't really a thing. But weirdly, I look back at assignments and stuff I did through kind of like my IT classes, and I was always really trying to make them look pretty and things like that, which is also a really common trope in the young designer at heart. But I don't know. I don't think anything grand really inspired me to become a designer. Josie learned at a very young age the impact design had on her surroundings. In grade four, she learned how to create an alternative reality using both the digital and print mediums. I feel like the funniest example of like small me making things and like, I guess you could call it (laughs) being a designer 
is that I think in year four, when I had access to like a computer, but I made what I called at the time a magazine called like Totally Hot or something. And I used to write little articles about various things that were going on at school. And I found pictures on the internet and then I used to sell it at school. There was a little magazine called Total Girl or something. And I was just obsessed with magazine covers and the kind of chaos on them. I mean, I wouldn't have said that at the time. I just liked them. Yeah, and I got in trouble at school because I wrote an article about my teacher having passed away and I like somehow edited a photo of a gravestone with her name on it. Awful, like awful child of me, but I just like lent into things like that from a young age. After completing high school, Josie went on to study graphic design and visual arts at the University of Wollongong, which is an Australian research university located 80 kilometers or about 50 miles south of Sydney. The university has around 32,000 students and about 2,400 faculty and staff members. Wollongong is a, I would call it a city being from where I grew up, but now that I live in it, a city. I wouldn't call it a city anymore. It's like an in-between point. Yeah, it's 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 a great little place with a great university. And I went there for three years and did a Bachelor of Creative Arts. I started with a ma- double major in visual arts and graphic design, and I ended up just switching to the graphic design major. Graduated from there in 2015 and have been working in the design industry since. During Josie's final year at university, she interned at Frost, a brand agency in the local area. And while she had her eye on working there after the internship's commencement, she soon realized this wasn't where she wanted to end up long term. I don't know, I think it's good to kind of talk openly and honestly about things like these because it just helps people learn. But I interned at Frost, which is a big kind of branding agency. They also now do web and environmental. They do incredible work. It was kind of the pinnacle for me of where I wanted to work while I was at uni. I was really lucky. I landed an internship there, which was a three-month full-time internship. That's how they run, run that. And they only pay expenses which in hindsight, I'm like, that's really bad. So that's one of my issues. I don't know if that's changed since then, but I couldn't do that because I was on my uni break. So I'd negotiated to only do it for a month. And like the people were great. Like that's not what the problem was. It was for me personally, it was the big agency thing. So it really, I'm glad I did it because it really kind of like shook me out of this really stiff goal I had in only really wanting to work at a place like that. When the job ad with Chris came up, having seen him speak at like a guest lecture of ours and having kind of been familiar with his work and knowing that he ran a small studio, it was that opposite sort of like environment that really, I guess, attracted me to the idea of working there. Josie began her design career fresh out of university with landing a job at the prestigious Christopher Doyle & Co. in Sydney, Australia. While she can certainly attribute her skills for helping her get noticed as a young designer, it was networking that really helped make an impact to landing the job. 
So I worked at Christopher Doyle & Co. for just over five years. It was my first job out of uni. Like Chris hired me straight out of uni. So I ended up there. It's a bit of one of those like who you know stories. So one of my uni lecturers, Grant Elmers, used to teach Chris back in the day. He had Chris come down, do a guest lecture for us in our final year of uni. And then I was part of the committee organizing our graduation show and we needed a guest speaker. And I, with Grant, organized Chris to come down for that. Chris was advertising for a junior designer and it was someone with like at least two years experience. And I kind of said to Grant, I'm like, should I apply for this? He emailed Chris like, oh, I've got this like student graduating, like she wants to apply, should she? And Chris was like, oh, no, probably not. But like she can put an application in anyway. And I was like, oh, and I did anyway. And then Chris and I met at the grad show and then we had coffee and kind of like a bit of an informal interview not long after. And then he offered me a job as a junior designer. So it was kind of like a combination of meeting someone via somebody else and then making an okay impression and applying for the job and doing things like the traditional way a little bit. Christopher Doyle is an internationally recognized designer. He has worked at some of Australia's leading brand and design agencies, and his work has won numerous local and international awards. He has also made written contributions to Desktop Magazine, Design Assembly, Australian Creative, and Process Journal. Christopher Doyle started his studio, Christopher Doyle & Co., in 2013 and works for a diverse range of clients, specializing in brand identity and art direction. And also, maybe one day, we'll get to have him on the show. Chris is a really well-known and well-loved designer in Australia. He has spoken at all the events. He always says famous designers are like famous dentists, which is such a good analogy. I think he is so well, well-known in Australia and I guess around the world in certain pockets because he's just a genuinely good dude. Here's Christopher Doyle speaking at a writing for design conference hosted by the D&AD Awards back in 2012. From a writing perspective, is writing that is just writing. You know, that writing that actually hasn't made any kind of leap to be anything other than just standard everyday language. And there's there's a few pieces in there that that are that communicate that are well written, that are just that are just everyday. You know, and then that's not to suggest that it's bad writing, but it's not to suggest that it's writing that is. Uh, taking language forward or presenting language in a way that's really, really interesting. So just the kind of standard everyday stuff. I think there's I think designers often think if they put a lot of words into a into a piece then it's a then it's a writing for design entry, which which I guess it is, but it's also got to be much more than that. You know, it's got to be writing that feels new and writing that feels progressive and different and surprising. Yeah. I credit knowing so much and learning so much just to him giving everything he knows away. He's been the best kind of mentor to have in that first first five years of my career. 
Once Josie arrived at her new role at Christopher Doyle & Co. in Sydney, she progressed quickly, taking part in a variety of projects with the clients. Her tasks were varied from project to project. She managed schedules, communicated with the developers, as well as conceptualized brand identities and campaign visuals with the clients, amongst a variety of other activities. So, like, I started out working straight away on branding projects right from kind of the beginning through to all of the the end final art pieces. So, for example, the f- very first project I worked on was the branding of the Australian podcast, Australian Design Radio. That was a really fun first project to work on. And then we did all of the uh, campaign work for the Australian Chamber Orchestra. So working on their season brochures and all of their ad campaigns and things like that. And then all the small business branding that came through the doors, I got to really stick my fingers right into. So the the kind of business setup or the team setup, for the first two months, it was just Chris and I, and we had like another freelancer, Deanna, in. And then Stephen, the other designer, started. And then it was just Stephen, Chris, and I for about three years. And the three of us just, if anything came across that we we thought we could figure out and do. We just mucked in and did it. And we we often worked with other small agencies, whether they were kind of motion or video people around Sydney. And yeah, we just did as much as we could ourselves and the parts we couldn't, we worked with other people on and it was great. So in the, in the kind of last couple of years as well, I've been art directing and producing shoots and, and all of their kind of marketing campaigns in Australia. So I was project managing that as well as doing website design and working with web developers and actually doing the creative work or like copywriting for, for campaigns for Spotify and stuff like that as well. And because we were a small, small agency, we took on Spotify. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like I look back, I mean, I, I cast my gaze over the last five years. That's what I mean. And it's a lot. And I'm very grateful to have been given the opportunity to just have a crack at it all. Josie, submitting work to the Australian Graphic Design Association, or AGDA as it is known, was a frequent task after successfully completing a project at Christopher Doyle & Co. Josie and the team won numerous awards. It's a, it's a whole process to enter projects. You have to kind of get your case studies together and write your project rationales and all of that. 2018 was a really fun year for us. The awards show was held down in Melbourne and we, we'd just done a lot of fun, nice work. And we were really like lucky to, to come away with a few awards, including the Studio of the Year Award, which was just really lovely. We're just happy, just really, really happy. And yeah, I, I won the inaugural Emerging Designer of the Year Award that year as well, which we forgot was even happening. I didn't even know I'd been nominated for it. And it was at a weird point in the night where like all of the awards had finished being announced and we're all kind of just sitting at the table chatting and then they announced it and we're all like, what the heck? And then I had to give a speech. And I just got up on stage and I was like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just like swore because I was like, ah. 
everyone. Like I didn't really even know what to say, but it was just like, it was just really nice. One of the MCs for the night was my friend Cat Wall, and so she got to write the little kind of speech to intro it. So that was like a nice little extra touch as well. And yeah, it was just it was just like a nice thing. Putting the celebration and awards aside, Josie also took part as a volunteer for the junior council within AGDA. While she took the volunteer role to bring a greater representation of young and aspiring designers to the national scene. She noticed some concerning things happening around her. Agda in the last couple of years has copped a lot of flack and deservedly, in my opinion, around just how they run certain things and cost certain events for students and memberships and awards and, and things like that. And I do think they are making an effort to change and I hope that the change does happen. There was also that that attitude of maybe I can change things from the inside, but also I couldn't really. There was a lot of kind of like brick walling happening in certain areas in a lot of the ways that we've seen things kind of happen throughout 2020, you know, certain kind of angles of diversity and and recognition of, of people other than, you know, white men, designers with beards. I, I kid, I kid. No, I don't. I do have gone quiet a little bit and I do think there are changes happening, which I think is going to be really interesting to see how that goes over the next couple of years when organisations and people are called out on certain things. And I think they have really been. And it's interesting to see when people and organizations are given space to just like stay quiet for a bit. And then hopefully they reemerge a little better. Josie is well aware of the exploitation of the design interns throughout the industry. Usually spurred upon by large companies, the goal of these businesses is to get as many interns as possible, usually to take on junior level design work, and thus reducing their overhead and general employment costs. It's bad and a lot of the time the companies doing this are big and they've got the money and they're just churning through interns after interns, they're not actually really interested in teaching anyone anything or like mentoring anyone. They just need the kind of like groundwork done. And that's crappy. I feel really strongly about that because I just think that that the whole intern sort of like rite of passage is just accepted. And that from a socioeconomic standpoint just means that people who can afford to do internships for extended periods of time get ahead. And those that can't afford that don't. And that trickles down into so many other factors of who you are and where you come from and it just creates the divide and only just continues to kind of drive it further. Somebody whose parents can pay their rent for them can afford to do an internship for three months unpaid. Somebody who needs to work part-time to make rent and to buy groceries can't afford to do that. So therefore they miss out and they miss out and they miss out again and again. I guess I also have been part of too many conversations where it's really evident that people are just being left out intentionally of opportunities that they could absolutely be included in. Like I feel like there's always room for inclusion of like one or more people on projects or teams or whatever. And I don't know, I just think that sometimes people can be very like self-driven, self-focused and not kind of look around the room and be like, okay, who else can like be part of this and who else can learn and have a good time here? Thank you.
We all love breaks on the beach with that nice cool drink in our hand. Relaxing in the sun and enjoying that warm, warm breeze on our skin. This is the life. But so many times we as designers don't let ourselves take breaks. We stay up all night working hard on our projects until we can't keep our eyes open anymore. That's burnout. And burnout is the enemy of all great design. For Josie, taking breaks is the key to keep her inspired and enjoy what she does best, design. I feel like not doing design, like legitimately taking proper breaks and doing anything but design. I've had to take a lot of forced time off in the last couple of years and I've found that I always come back more amped up to do stuff. So I kind of have taken that forward and I still am like, in a space where I have to take force breaks. I'm just trying to kind of like see the silver lining in it in that, okay, like I have to just take a day off today because I've got no choice but to rest rather than push myself through it and then burn out for a longer period of time. I find that when I visit my hometown and just like go for a drive and just like read and there's just like little things and I feel like they all involve switching off. And then the obviously the typical like looking at design blogs and, and watching design talks and things like that. But I do feel like genuinely like if I switch off, that's when I kind of like my brain just is like okay like we got this this is good I think if I sit too long and try and kind of like force myself to be creative then I just stifle myself I journal every morning but just the type where you don't really think about it too much I do two pages of that every single morning and if I do it I feel like I've put stuff down and then I'm like free to just roam Right before our interview, Josie ended her time at Christopher Doyle & Co. after working there for the past five years. She's now turned her attention to getting into freelance work and is at a new stage in her life where she can work with her own clients and on her own projects. Luckily, I've been quite open about moving on. I was kind of looking at other roles that were popping up, but I've had the idea in my head of going freelance for a little while, going into a bit of a trial and error territory of freelancing, but doing a bit of a schedule where I am part-time working a little bit. I'm going into the kind of like freelance contract work with various agencies and studios. I'm really keen to kind of work with a bunch of different teams and on a bunch of different projects across kind of, I guess, branding and campaigns. And I'm excited just to kind of like meet a bunch of different people and try a bunch of different projects and team setups and things like that. And I think in our industry, we're really lucky to be able to have that sort of flexibility and have the kind of freelance capacity to to do that also just kind of like small branding projects just to work on on my own yeah I'm not really like gonna plan it too solidly aside from knowing that I don't want to be too busy While Josie hasn't traveled internationally, she has leveraged the internet to inspire her and see what's happening within the design scene in various other countries. I mean, obviously we live in the age of the internet, you know, she influences everything, but 
Travel doesn't really necessarily come into it because design is so well documented online. And I do think I keep relatively up to date with things that are happening in the design world, around the world, but I just think it's just not that different around the world and it's not that different in Australia from elsewhere. And like maybe it was at one point, but I do think the internet probably changed that significantly. And I do think that the internet means that creativity is just, again, subjects to, I guess, the whims of globalization. You know, there's incredible stuff happening all over the world, but I, what's really nice sometimes and it's like a little proud local moment is where you see something incredible sometimes I'll just assume that it's done somewhere in Europe or America and then I realize it's like done in Melbourne or like Brisbane and I'm like wow like not that I don't think people in Australia are capable of it but I do think that the internet has just made you know styles and trends just anyone's game. The pandemic has stretched itself to all corners of the world. While Josie was able to continue working during the height of the pandemic, just like many of us, she too has had to change the way she works. The pandemic here really kind of was at its worst in March of last year. That's kind of when it hit its peak and we went into a form of lockdown. Lockdown looks different everywhere. I think for a month or two, it was, you can only leave the house for essential reasons, like your daily walk, grocery shop, but you're not allowed to like sit in a park. If the cops pull you up while you're walking around, like you have to have a real reason for it. Takeaway shops were still open so you could go get a coffee. It was very like, it was quite strict and everyone was working from home. That lasted a couple of months, like the really strict rules. And then it started easing off a bit and we could go back into the office, but we all took our time with it. I personally stayed working from home a bit longer because I am immunocompromised. I just kind of kept an ear on case numbers. I was the only one going to the office who had to get public transport. So I was quite like scared about that. Then when the kind of transition back into the office happened because of my chronic pain and chronic illness, I chatted with my boss about doing one day in, one day at home because it was actually really working for me. It was obviously freaking stressful to begin with and everyone was just like, what is going on? Like, But I got better just not getting bogged down in the day-to-day stress because I was just like, okay, like I've kept my job. I'm really fortunate that I'm still working. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's weird to look back at last year and I obviously had my moments like everyone. Life-wise, I just missed stuff. Like I couldn't visit my family and then I couldn't go home for Christmas because there was another spike in cases and Sydney kind of went into another version of lockdown. Yeah, it's just been a journey. But, you know, it's the first time in the world, in my opinion, I'm like, oh, this sucks. And then I'm like, but it sucks for literally everyone. Like everyone's in it. So it's kind of like nice in a way to just be like, ah, it's like not just me. It's okay. Like. Equal opportunity for devastation. As we think about the past and ponder the future, we as designers have seen a massive change in the way we work. This may have felt more alone or alienating for many of us than ever before. Change is inevitable, and adaptation is the key to a happy and fulfilling life with design. 
I think I've learned to kind of like trust myself more. I, I feel like just be able to ask quick questions at any point during the day. I've just had to be better at making decisions on my own. And I think I've, I guess, progressed in certain areas more because of that. And it's kind of like in, in venturing out on my own now, I feel more confident in certain areas because of that. Because of last year, I am not going to hold myself too sternly to plans because stress very much will genuinely knock me out physically. So I am really just trying to like wake up and have a nice time and take each day as it comes. You know when people are like, what's your five-year plan? And I'm like, I just like laugh. I'm just like, who the fuck knows? Like, what's my five-day plan? What's my five-minute plan? Like, but I hope that I'll have a nice time, meet some nice people, make some nice work. This is Design Atlas. We hope you join us next Thursday as we travel to Amsterdam, Netherlands to meet up with freelance graphic designer Julie Bonnemois. Want us to remind you of when the next episode comes out? Simply subscribe to our email updates by visiting designatlaspod.com. about Josie Young. We've included her Instagram and website links in the show notes. We definitely recommend you check them out. Also, don't forget to join us for our next episode by subscribing to the show and leaving a positive review. We really appreciate it. To learn more about Design Atlas and to sign up for updates, visit our website at designatlaspod.com. If you want to get in touch with us or have a topic idea for our next episode, feel free to send us an email at hello at designatlaspod.com or DM us on Instagram at designatlaspod. Thanks for listening. I'm Megan Ludke. And I'm Jens Springsteen.